So welcome into this situation, this space, with its uh, advantages and its limitations. Um, this originally started out as a, a retreat I was going to be teaching in in England for about 16 to 20 people. <laughs> and when the COVID pandemic took over, then that that venue disappeared. So then we thought, well, we could do something, perhaps we could do something online. And we do something online, you think, well, online, you know, you don't have to worry about accommodation. We could open it up to lots of people, anybody who'd like to participate, spend some time. And it's a necessary time, I'd say. Uh, always valuable to spend some time reflecting on Dharma and focusing on that, bringing that to the fore, the cultivation of the mind, the chitta, which we'll we'll talk about, on opening up to more people. So that's what we've done. And there are certain advantages in that, in that uh, many of you don't have to travel anywhere, you don't have to book accommodation, you don't have to get a visa, you don't have to get jet lag, (laughs) you don't have to have somebody look after your house while you're away, you don't have to have you know, all these other things you have to you have to spend money getting there and go through the time changes and all that. Uh, settle in, take a day or two to settle in. You're right there, which is great. Uh, but there are things you miss, of course, which is you miss the sense of leaving your home, leaving your place where there are so many phone calls and messages and things to do and reminders and things you're familiar with and things that need repairing, you know, worries and concerns and people knocking on the door. You, know, you don't get a chance to leave that. You don't get a chance to enter into a, a, a space which is quite quiet and sort of strange because it's not yours. You don't really know. A lot of people who are quiet, you don't know them either. Maybe a few faces you've seen before, but you don't, you can't talk a lot. And then you have to follow this thing, this routine, which has its pluses and minuses. But what it does, it takes you out of you, um, out of you, out of your world or your external world of circumstances. Uh, put you in a place that's safe, definitely safe. Mm. But it's outside of your world, it's outside of your choice, not so many choices. Outside of your world of circumstance. The idea being that you can then realign yourself, or more fully align yourself, to something that's not about circumstance, not about what's happening today, not about a place you're in, but something timeless, you know, something about what's meaningful in life, chance to return to core values, chance to remember and access the timeless mind, the chitta, which is, doesn't travel places. Sense consciousness is about travelling places. Chitta is about feeling present, being aware, feeling sensitive, 
waking up, irrespective of time or place. That's the great advantage of going on retreat. And there's that journey we make after the physical journey of getting somewhere, which is almost like an initiation. You know, you have to go through the initiation of all that change and struggle and planning to land somewhere else where you definitely are no longer in your own place. Uh, and then you stay in that. And the world moves around you, have food is provided, that which is offered. You don't really get to pick it, choose it, find a place to sleep, lie down. You don't get to choose that. People around you, quiet and silent. You don't know what's going on for them. Cleaning the, cleaning the place, doing chores, things like that in silence. Moving around a long time in this, uh, in this place where the, the circumstances are not running according to the normal social conventions with which we live. You know, and it gives you a chance to perhaps to look at some of the those and also what un- underlies the surface of circumstances. You know, if you're, as we know, if you're on retreat, something you feel extremely happy, sometimes isolated, uh, sometimes uncertain about other people. But often why they're valuable is when you navigate through that, you feel this buoyant quality of presence, chitta, is no longer so bound into circumstance. And that's the great advantage of going on retreat. Now this, this one, this time, this session here, we can't do much of that. At least the managers who've done a considerable amount of work, a considerable amount of work for weeks to do the organising and the coordinating to make this possible, they can't take you out of your home. So it's it's an advantage in that it's easy. Disadvantage is it could be too easy. You know, switch a button, okay, switch it off. <laughs> Go walk the dog, <laughs> have a cup of tea, and switch it on, switch it off. It could be too easy. So it's up to you, really, to, to make your retreat. And I understand, and absolutely, we felt, well, you know, because this is all set to the UK time, because where I am, and so that fits if you're in Ireland, France, Germany, Italy, South Africa, Morocco, and so forth. That's okay. But uh, everywhere else, it's it's not it's not your time zone. So some of this will be going on in the middle of your night. You know? So bits of it, you know, you, you, it won't will be happening in the middle of your night. So you know, you can't feel you're in that plugged in continuum all the time you know it won't be happening but all this will be recorded and put up there for you to listen to when you wake up and the rest of us are going to bed or something so you will be if you want to you can stay in the continuum you've got to do a bit of work a bit of psychological and 
mental and emotional work to stay on track. We're reaching out, but you have to reach out to and accept the, um, you know, the estrangement of this situation in some sense. Because of what we're dealing with, what everyone is dealing with now, it's also the recognition, well, perhaps some of you can only, you know, make four afternoons or the morning sessions or the evening sessions because you have other things to do or you have people to look after or whatever, whatever, whatever. Is, is that okay? And I'm saying, well, it's, you know, it's as... <laughs> it's not not forbidden to listen to Dhamma it's never forbidden (laughs) to listen to Dhamma (laughs) so you're always welcome Uh, it would be great if you could attend as much as you can and it's just because it's also that sense of keeping the possibilities of just no restraint restraint check but you know to, to stop doing things Understand, understand that for some time that's just not possible. So I'd rather you did as much as you can than not do anything or feel that somehow or another, you know, your your presence is is uh, you're not making you know inadequate. But really, situation that that's opening up now. It's perhaps rather similar to uh, how the Dhamma was originally taught. You know, the chances of unbroken period of practice with a teacher might not have been that that often. You'd have to go out for arms round you, you know, and you'd come and see the teacher, and maybe spend an hour or so listening to talks, getting some practice in, and then you reflect and you take that into your day. You take that back to your house. You take that into your family situation. So in this way, there's also a great opportunity to establish a Dhamma center and a Dhamma attitude, Dhamma Dhamma skills and tools, and then be right there when you turn around and you're back in your life. And then you can now, can you use that? Can you use what's been taught? Can you use some of these centering? Can you use some of these attitudes right now, rather than at the end of the retreat? Now the retreat can end with one switch of a button. And then then begin again with another one. So there's a certain um, challenge here, a certain invitation to establish these themes, currents, practices that you're probably, I hope, many of you are already familiar with, have some good grasping of. We're going to try to deepen some familiar themes and then be right there in your home situation. Lift your eyes on the screen and try to keep your heart on track. Even as you see the world of time and place appear, familiarities, 
duties, customs, people, keep your mind on then maybe you could get some really good insight into when you look at it again from this position. After that, seems right. Because now you're we're entering our familiar world with perhaps fresh eyes, freshened eyes, steadier mind, steadier heart. And it could be a very helpful opportunity to just readjust some of your circumstances. Look again, look again, and then come back to the sitting, come back to the meditation, come back to the into the room, dumber room. And feel the effects. Is that right? Is that appropriate? Suitable? Useful? Mm. So almost running two lives at the same time. Your retreat life and your daily life and running the two side by side yeah and then maybe this could be really helpful because then you're coming out of your, your daily life and look at your practice is your practice relevant for this is it meeting it is it helping you in this is your practice moderating your life is your life moderating what you imagine or wish Dhamma practice would be about? Is it that the the Dhamma practice is helping you to see into the attitudes and uh, needs and wishes and suffering and joy in your life? So this could be really quite a fruitful time. So I think for someone who, who can't make all of it, who makes a strong effort to use this time centering then this could still be uh, very helpful i hope um and maybe some of you just be you know you have to listen to it a few talks on youtube afterwards (laughs) that's okay too (laughs) you know it's it's all free And uh, just considering what it takes to, to do these things, and it's, uh, it's not just the technological miracle, which it is, but it's also a human cooperation miracle. We're crossing at least three continents. People getting together in three continents to form a holding system. Uh, I think one really, I really respect that, admire that, and I, you know, ask you to to bear that in mind. This is not, this is when this isn't some kind of professional dharma center. This is just a group of well-minded people trying to make something work. Uh, and and when it comes down to it, the law of dukkha means there's times when it probably won't work. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. This uh, this the signal I'm getting here comes from a village about five miles away. Some I don't know what I have some kind of receiver satellite blips it down into into a, some magical box at the end of my cootie. 
and I don't know how that happens, but it happens. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> if it's raining or there's some somebody pushes a button somewhere, the whole thing collapses. <laughs> but generally not for long. So if there is that moment when my face freezes or the screen disappears, just uh, here we are. <laughs> You're still there. <laughs> I'm still here. You're still there. Stay there, stay on topic, stay with the theme, contemplate what's happening in the mind, breathing in, breathing out. Wait. We'll be back. We'll be back. So this is as much of what you can make of it. You're encouraged to consider wisely and if you can exercise some strategies around your day to design the retreat. There are periods when there will be teachings available, either some things have already recorded and some things will be live, so it's a mixture. And then there's personal time where you can, if you have the opportunity, you can continue meditating sitting, walking, standing, reflecting, listening again to talks that have been already been presented, listening to them again. Or go about your duties, your chores, do some exercise, uh, and so forth. Mm. Mm. And that's up to you to, to make what you can of it. But in all cases, I do recommend putting up that um, memo restraint, and do I have to do this now? Can this wait? Put that memo there and seeing how you can exercise that. Because this is the name of this retreat, Living, Dying, Liberation, just about covers it all. You know, it's just, that's about it, really. I mean, you could put all the dumb, re- all the dumb teachings can fit into that under that title. Uh, but remember that uh, why the Buddha went forth was because of the awareness of the mortality, his own and those of his wife, son, parents. And they said, we're all in this river of death. How do we get on? How do we, where's the dry land? And that's where we are too. When circumstances will just, you know, there's no tomorrow. You know, suddenly the world of sense consciousness has done a very dramatic turn. And for sure, this is this is what will come to us. So we bear that in mind, uh, as we should every day, and we'll be re- bringing this to mind every day. Bearing in mind, this can be, we have this opportunity, somehow we're alive, we can take in the teaching of the Buddha, and, you know, we are bound to death. What? can we do about how can this help us to bear with that or even possibly to transcend it because that's what the Buddha went forth for and it's only when he discovered that that he said uh, now I can I have something I can give people the path to the deathless I have this I can present it not many people will be interested but some will. I'll teach it for them. And any Dhamma practice that does not 
bear in mind mortality is uh, a partial teaching put it that way it's maybe just about making the living bit more comfortable or appropriate or um, you know so on uh, but you can get very embedded in, in tidying up the furniture of a room that you have to leave it wasn't yours you can get very busy tidying up the furniture in a room that wasn't yours and you have to leave so you know, just helps you to mm, keep perspective in this world where there's a lot of furniture and it's more every day and it's being thrown around and painted and coloured and decorated and so forth you need to keep perspective on circumstance mm. it doesn't end you you stop it you stop going into it or you withdraw from it it doesn't end